Metu Netter, Volume 2, Anuk Ausar, The Kemetic Initiation System, Beginning, Chapter 5, The Spiritual Anatomy of Man and the Fundamentals of Spiritual Psychology, Chapter 4, sorry, Chapter 5 on page 94. In addition, the dominion of thinking and perception by this faculty creates a segregative attitude and way of life. It is the source of prejudices based on race, gender, religion, the disintegral approach to health services, and so on. This segregativeness is based on the divisive action of the faculty, as well as its inability to perceive the inner unifying quality of things. It cannot even comprehend the intrinsic quality of the words it uses. For example, the word religion is composed of the prefix re, which means again, once more, the root legion from the Latin leger, which means to tie, unite, yoke, as well as as, as well as the Greek legion, legion, which corresponds to the logic and the law. The men who composed the word obviously had in mind something that on the basis of logic and law reunited elements that had been illegitimately separated. A study of Kemetic religion, the source of classical Greek-Roman religion, and a major part of Judaism and Islam will show that religion is a system designed to help man reunite him or herself with God through the essential qualities they share. It is obvious that people who are the current processors of this word and system have failed to understand their meaning and true purpose. The confusion has been caused by the fact that the coiners of the word were perceiving and thinking about the reality through the faculty that is capable of seeing the thing itself and its inner quality, while the, inter while the inheritors made their acquaintance of the word and the system through the eighth sphere, which is incapable of perceiving reality itself and the inner attributes of things. When you are polarized in this faculty, the chief function of the left side of the brain, you receive the word religion and hear about the thing it denotes, but you do not grasp what the word says itself, let alone experience religion itself. Because this ability to learn words without truly understanding it's well-developed in the canine family, dogs, wolves, etc., and foxes were used by the Kamau and many other cultures to symbolize this faculty. In the Kemetic tradition, these were represented by the two wolves, Anpu and Apuat, that they used two symbols for this faculty due to the fact that they knew that there were two speech centers in the left hemisphere of the brain. Their wide experience in military medicine must have made them aware of the fact these two centers have been rediscovered by Western scientists for whom they have been named. These are the speech centers of Broca and Wernicke. We can begin to gain insight into the causes of the chief problems in the world and their solution. Once it is realized that this faculty is the maker of our beliefs, 
These are widely accepted formulas for thinking and definitions of the key events in our lives based on the external qualities of things and the disintegral perception of life. They are, for the most part, false. However, they seem to be true because they tend to come true. This is due to the combined effect of holding such beliefs in the state of trance born of the knife sphere. A remarkable attribute of trance is that it gives power of realization to the beliefs entertained while in the state. People have been placed in a deep state of trance and given water, but made to believe that they drank vodka instead. Not only did they inebriate their vital signs reacted as if they had well, the opposite. Experiments conducted with vodka passed as water elicited the same type of response. The subjects having embodied through enough alcohol to become intoxicated behave quite sober down to their vital signs. In like manner, we automatically go into trance during emotional moments with the host of socially accepted beliefs, the definitions of government, love, family, economics, wealth, God, who we are, etc., and bring them into fruition as holocausts and nightmares of our lives and history. We mistake an idea's power of realization for its truth. The blacks of India referred to this behavioral principle as Maya, an idea which incidentally was later distorted by the Aryans who created Hinduism. We will later see that this is one of the basic reasons for the great confusion of the world regarding the nature of truth. The seventh sphere, Het Heru. The faculty of the seventh sphere of the tree of life is imagination. While the leaders in Western society have kept the population in the dark about working of this faculty, they have full knowledge, full advantage of its attributes in their effort to establish political dominance over people for their economic exploitation. Whether we realize it or not, we use our imagination to shape our behavior and our destiny. The images that we entertain showing how we sh should react or feel in a given situation, how we desire events to go on and so on, are just not depictions of desired outcome. They act as funnels that direct the flow of the forces of nature to the accomplishment of these events as well as the means of conditioning our spirits to behave as visualized, to behave as well as the means of conditioning our spirits to behave as visualized. This is to say that our habits, which include all automatic reflexes, are created and reinforced and can be deprogrammed through the same process through the images that we entertain. This is especially true for those images that are accompanied by strong emotions or are constantly repeated. Such images when entertained in a deep trance have the power of affecting the environment as well as other people. All of this is due to the close connection between the imagination the reptilian and the mammalian brains and their manifestation of emotions and sensual energies, which are expressions of the life force. It is of utmost importance to note that the energies we all call emotions and sensations are the forces of nature. 
Through images and emotions we entertain in trance, we can arouse the forces of nature within ourselves, and through these we can affect the environment and other people. The imagination is thus our gateway to the force of nature. Of all the emotions, joy and pleasure hold a predominant position in their association to the imagination. Unless there is a defect in this faculty, we instinctively spend most of our imaginative time dwelling on subjects that call up joy and pleasure within us. This is due to the fact that they are establishers and maintainers of our health, as well as the engine of the factors that shape our success in life. It is unfortunate that most people do not understand the role of joy and pleasure as it is under or over indulgence results in failure in life. These forces energize the images of our objectives, which in turn attract and organize all the elements affecting our destiny. From this, we can see that the proper use of the imagination, especially in the state of trance, is a very important aspect of our lives. Different people have developed sophisticated means of manipulating the imaginative faculty of the population for the purpose of shaping its behavior. The chief and original means was ritual. It is comedic form in its in it is comedic form in its comedic form. It was an assemblage of various means of including trance and in in inoculating behavior into spirit. These are accomplished through the tension creating tools of music, drama, poetry, dance, etc. The ancient Greeks, Romans, and later Westerners demoted it to mere art forms, drama, poetry, jingles, religious hymns, etc. Yet even so, they maintain a great deal of their power to throw individuals into trance and thus shape behavior, we must note that the term culture intrinsically means to cultivate. It is shameful to see that the Westerners fail to have this clear understanding of the term and reality for which it stands. To them, culture is the sum total of the ways built up by a society and passed on to the following generations, or what is ec excellent in the arts or a specific stage in its expression of society. In reality, culture is the formalized method of cultivating, i.e. shaping behavior in a people. In essence, then cultivated behavior is the opposite of animalistic influences from the older portions of the brain. Properly understood and used, art is the science of transcending in the influences of the animal spirit. In future chapters, we will see that much of what passes for art in Western societies are expressions of the animal spirit. In addition, the leaders of many societies who are well-trained in the secrets of behavioral control have learned to control the populace by reinforcing their animalistic tendencies through the instrument of art. They have succeeded so well that the oppressed themselves will be vehemently opposed to any attempts to restore art to its proper function. 
The oppressors arrange things in such a manner that a sector of the oppressed can become extremely wealthy by creating artistic pieces designed to facilitate their own oppression and that of the majority of people. As to the majority, they are quite obvious to the enslavement power of their pet vehicles of thrills. The het heru faculty corresponds to the lower function of the right side of the brain. What is seen through, it is not reality itself, but the images representing it. Like eighth and ninth spears, it is confined to the perception of the external side of things, which limits its unifying function. In other words, it brings things together based on their external characteristics. This color with this other, this shape with this other, this personality type with this other, and so on. It is congregative thinking, the shahu division of the spirit. On the tree of life, on the seventh, eighth, and ninth spheres are arranged in a trinity to show that they form a unit. This is the Shahu division of the spirit, which dominates the behavior of people for the first 28 years of life and beyond. If it is not transcended through spiritual practices, which is the reality of the majority of the people in the world. The sixth sphere, Heru. The sixth sphere, Heru, corresponds to man's will. Its role in life of man can be likened to that of the divine king who is the supreme authority of the land, but the basis, but bases his commands on the guidance received from God. As communicated through its representative, the high priest, and as recorded in the book of the law, to place this role in proper perspective, we must note that when the life of the individual is controlled by Shahu, the animal divisions of the spirit, thoughts and actions are determined by emotions and sensual energies and reinforced through the information and images received from the intellect spheres seven and eight. A direction for action in life is defined as a desire if it is determined by emotions and sensual feelings. When it is free of these things, then and only then can it be considered to be willed action. The essential characteristic of the will then is its freedom from any coercion, impulse, or compulsion from the emotional part of being. It is that part of our being that is given the capability to ignore emotional instinctive as well as divine parts of the being such as itself chief definer or our divinity it would be a contradiction for man to be made in the likeness of god and not be given absolute freedom to choose note we have said freedom to choose and not just not absolute freedom there is no such thing from the very beginning, we saw that in past chapters, Netter made the world on the basis of divine law, which is based on the mutual dependence and relationship that exists between all things. For the lack of education into the purpose of the function of the will, most people on one hand surrender their will to the tyranny of their emotions and desires. On the other hand, they base the decisions of their will on information received from the eighth sphere, which is in turn dominated by the animal spirit. As this faculty is limited in sense that can only communicate what it hears about the external aspect of reality, such as expressions of the will are flawed as well. 
We may will, for example, to oppose our desire to smoke marijuana because it is an illegal drug, yet to feel and see the deeper ill effects of alcohol. The comedic tradition requires that we the will must be based on the higher parts of being, the wisdom faculty, the divine law. In this manner, it escapes the earth-born, narrow-minded, and superficial communication from the intellect. It also escapes the domination of the animal part of being, given the fact that the lower intellect is dominated by it, while the wisdom faculty aims at establishing behavior based on man's likeness with God. The fact the chief purpose of the will is to dominate the lower part of being to ensure that the thoughts, feelings, and actions of the individual are based on divine law, which is none other than a reflection of ourselves. When people have difficulty carrying out their will, their popular belief is that it's due to the weakness of the will. This is an error created by an ignorant, simplistic approach to behavior. For one, we will see that the will to establish new behavior in most cases must be prepared by a special cult cultivation of the faculties of the 10th, 9th, 8th, and 7th spheres and preferred by the spiritual cultivation of the faculties of the 6th, 5th, and 4th spheres. The association of the idea of strength with the will has to do with the individual's level of vitality and the ability to carry out the will. This is symbolically expressed in the correspondence to the will to the sun embelmed in vitality in the astral mythological presentation of psychology. Vitality is cultivated through the aerobic conditioning and practices leading to optimum in mental and physical sexual health and potency. And thinking about this, we must not be led astray by the many examples of accomplished individuals who are out of shape in these areas of health. We must distinguish between accomplishment driven by desire versus those driven by will. In the former, the individual of the slave of the emotional forces driving his actions, and in the latter, the individual is fully in control. From the above description of the will, it is obvious that most people have not yet fully developed their will and neither have been taught how to use it. As a result, their lives are dominated by the, by the sensually and emotionally dictated behavior. Thus, we can't understand how and why so many people who know better, who have a very high IQ, are not able, for example, to resist the indulgence in drugs or avoid the irrational passions that have resulted in the runaway rate of divorce and broken families. It is the sense of freedom that this faculty confers on those who have fully activated it it's born of the awakening from the trance-like state of the ninth sphere influence in the Shahu division of the spirit. Until this faculty is awakened, we live in a per perpetual dreamlike state of semi-trance that has been universally mistaken for the normal waking state. This awakening and the ability to see that it brings about are the themes of the master comedic religious scripture, the Pert M. Eru. Comedic, re, uh, the oldest book in the world. In the comedic tradition, the case of the 
All evil is the sleep-like state, the darkness that we live in during the earlier part of the spiritual life, the Shahu stage. We can only escape the evil by becoming awake so that we can see, not as it is a dream, but clearly by the light of day that is the essence of the initiation process. Some doctrine is taught in the un taught in the Upanishads, the compilation of spiritual philosophy of the Dravidians of Indus Kush. It states that there are three energy states that determine three fundamental states of consciousness. The tamasic, which is the dreamlike state, dream dreamlike sleep sleep-like state, in is the first stage of spiritual life. It is followed by the Rajestic, which is the individual awakeness and can go either into a life of great worldly accomplishment and domination or the struggle to establish his or her divinity. This state corresponds to the faculties of the sixth, fifth, and fourth spheres. The last state of the Sattvic, which corresponds to the balanced energy that enables the full working of the highest states of spirituality. This ability to see clearly is further symbolized by the eye of the hawk, which we came across in earlier chapters where it is explained as one of the oldest comedic symbols of God for focusing on its omnipresence and omniscience. As it failed to capture all of the God's essential attributes, it was demoted to a symbol for the aspect of God functioning as man's will. It is the ability to see clearly or insight or inner sight to be exact. In the lower divisions of the spirit, the Shahu man knows only of the external side of reality through the things heard through the left side of the brain. The dreamlike seeing due to the imposition of slumber-like state by the ninth sphere. Here at the sixth sphere, one gains the ability to see not yet the thing itself, but at least ideas expressing the inner nature. At first, one gets not too far in life because the will in constructing its decisions is trying to see life through the things heard through the eighth sphere. Obviously, an impossible task. In the comedic scriptures, this is portrayed as Heru's frutal efforts to defeat Set, the principle of the evil, by following his own earth-born knowledge, i.e. relying chiefly on his intellect and education, his, he achieved his goal only after seeking counsel from the God of the Wisdom, Tehuti, Sphere 2. In the scriptures, this is portrayed as Tehuti's act of washing or restoring Heru's eye. The relationship of the eye to the will is not arbitrary. It is well known that to be able to look squarely in the eye of the, um, of the opponent requires and invokes courage which is felt as a rise in temperature, i.e. it arouses the solar and martial principle within the person. The concept of the eye acquires full meaning when realized that one restored this eye is given by Heru to Ausar, the divinity in man in order to bring him back to life. We will later see that we are talking of nothing other than the roles of the left and right hemispheres play in our lives. The evil being the domination of man's life by the left hemisphere, which hears the world, i.e. lives in darkness because it cannot see. 
The good and the salvation comes through the right hemisphere, which is our function of seeing, understanding, and unification. The sixth sphere is being the central pillar of this tree of life corresponds to the mid-level of the functions unifying the brain, hemispheres, and the audio-visual and the predominance of seeing overhearing, i.e. it tilts towards the right hemisphere, its central position regarding the brain as shown by its placement on the tree's positioning regarding the brain as shown in its placement of the tree enables it to carry out its other function of circumspection viewed from the comedic perspective circumspection is in the alternative to the western concept of reasoning unlike reasoning within which deals with the logical consideration of the various ideas that can possibly affect a judgment circumspection from the comedic perspective it is coordination in the inputs of all the faculties every conclusion to affect a decision of the will must integrate the syslogic logical thoughts of the eighth sphere and the creative visual of the seventh sphere and the synthesis of the fourth sphere and the analysis of the fifth and observations through the senses of the tenth and the intuition from the second this manner of arriving at judgment is what i have denoted with the coinage the cosmos logical system of thinking this is true foundation of scientific thinking compare it to the western concept conception which excludes synthesis intuition and creative visualization in spite of the fact that they are the three functions upon which einstein relied most heavily to arrive at his most spectacular discovery the theory of relativity and here ends the reading on page 103